Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a podcast in which you will walk away encouraged by hearing my friend's stories that I share. My name is Ren, and if this is the first time you've tuned in, or if you've been joining in for a while, I'm so glad you're here. Are you encouraged after listening to these incredible stories on the podcast? I know I am. If you've never left the Friends of a Feather podcast a review, I would love if you could do that today. Hop on over to iTunes and give a five-star, one-line rating and review. Reviews and ratings are important because it helps other women find the Friends of a Feather community so that they can be encouraged just like you. I read each and every review. And while you're there, make sure you go ahead and subscribe so that each weekly episode will drop right into your phone. So easy, right? Thank you for taking two minutes out of your day to do that. It means so much. Okay, let's get to today's episode with my guest, Maggie Combs. Maggie is a wife, mom to three boys, author, writer, speaker, and mentor in living the small farm life in Minnesota. Maggie's first book is entitled Unsupermommy, and I loved it. One of the best books about being a mom I have ever read. Over on Maggie's Instagram, at Unsupermommy, I love how she shares practical gospel truth in the midst of her real life. And that is what this episode is all about. I wanted to know about her farm life, her life with her husband and her three boys, and what led her to write Unsupermommy. I asked her a lot of the questions of the different expectations about mommyhood in her book. I cannot say enough about how much I love this episode, and of course, Maggie. What you don't know is that the power went out at the beginning of our conversation, and I had to wait until my router rebooted. Maggie was so kind about it and told me about another time something like that happened to her, and it made me feel so much better. Okay, you ready for some encouragement, girls? All right, here is episode 68 with my friend Maggie Combs. All right, so welcome to the podcast, Maggie. Hi, nice to be here. I know, it's nice to meet you over Skype. (laughs) (laughs) I have been wanting to chat with you for a while now, and I got my hands on your book on Supermommy and read it, and it is amazing. Uh, But when I first found out about you, uh, I'm not really sure who three, probably Caroline, writer Caroline, or Holly at Same Here Sister Friend, uh, somebody um, introduced you to me and, or me to you, and I followed you, and I saw your Insta story about goldfish. So do you remember Mm -hmm. that Insta story? Yeah, I think it was about, um, how I used to feel really ashamed to send my kids, uh, especially like at a play date or to school, um, anywhere other moms might see with goldfish crackers instead of like the little, you know, fancy organic bunnies. (laughs) Yes, I do. And, um, how that we don't need to be ashamed of something that's not in God's word. Like if it is not a law given to us by God, there's no, condemnation in any choice that we choose. We want to make the best choice for our kids. We want to make wise choices. Um, But when we experience shame in relationship to something that's not a law that God has given us, that we are actually um, becoming legalists. We're looking for our salvation and being the the kind of mom who only sends organic crackers with Mm. her kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're also looking for... um, 
our acceptance in the approval of the other moms, what they think about us, what they think about our motherhood, instead of um, resting in the acceptance um, of being born again in the identity of Christ. Mm, That was so good. And when you said that on your Insta story, I was like, oh, that's me. That was me. When I was, when my little one was one and I was sending him, uh, or or one when he was going to um, a little, caretaker that took care of him while I was at work or when he was going to preschool. I remember that. Like, how good can I pack his lunch? Even the teachers commented, how bright and colorful the lunch was. And I was just like, oh, yes. But that was me. That was me. I would never have sent regular goldfish. And let me tell you what I put in his lunch today. Goldfish. Yeah. Goldfish. You freed me from the goldfish. It would be better if the the crackers, even if you had to send crackers, that they were like homemade. Yes. But if you couldn't do homemade, at least they need to be the organic <laughs> exactly. ones. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and baby food, I never was able to do that. And yeah. I felt guilt about that. So that, it was just freeing for you to be like, look at my goldfish. And I was like, yeah. yes, that's where I was a few years back. So thank mm-hmm. you for talking to us about the goldfish and not yeah, just I about the goldfish. I love that God cares about us having freedom from like having to make a choice, the choice other people are making yes. instead of the one we feel convicted to. It's good. It was really good. Good word. Good word. <laughs> anyway, so that's like my first memory of you is about the goldfish. So it was so deep and so good with what that really was about our heart. So I loved it. I loved it. So if somebody doesn't know Maggie... Tell us about you and your family and what you do. Well, I, um, I've i been married for 11 years to a man named Wes, and we um, have three boys together. They were born in three years, and now Ooh. they are seven, five, and four, so okay. things are getting a lot easier than they used to be. Uh-huh. Um, now it's like, I love this that you're close together. Yes, right. <laughs> um but for a long time, that wasn't the emotion that I felt when mm-hmm. I thought about that. Um, mm-hmm. And we live on actually the same piece of land that I grew up on. So my parents um, have uh, had a little hobby farm growing up. It was like they were kind of homesteaders before homesteading was the cool thing, oh, yeah. you know. Okay. Okay. And we always like had all our own beef, ate all our own beef oh. and that kind of thing growing up. Yes. So. Uh, when we found out we were having our third boy, we we're like, we gotta, we gotta get out to the farm. So really, it's not out. It's like right on the outskirts of the suburbs. So it's not like we're out in the country. Um, but we do have land. So we That's built great. a house right next door to my parents' house. We share the land with them, and with them we have um, horses, cows, and goats. And my husband is talking about pigs next. Yes, <laughs> yes. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? It's just like. He just, he can't stop. It's like, <laughs> it's fine. I'm just like, it's fine. But he's always like, you know, taking it bigger. He wanted chickens, but I just, I can't. I'm uh, really afraid of birds. Okay. I'm worried about birds. So okay. Okay. So I just yeah, felt like I can't do that. No, can't yeah. Do that. I mean, we talked about it, but I was like, uh. yeah, I don't know who would take care of them. And actually chickens are like way more work than something like goats or a pig okay so. okay yeah because then mm-hmm. you gotta I mean you've got to have them in the the coop and then go. you gotta 
do your in and out every day. Yeah, and then you got to get the yeah. eggs, and then you have to protect you them. Clean from, the coop. Oh, yeah, mm-mm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lot of work. I remember wanting chick. We have just like two and a half acres, but I remember yeah. wanting chicks. Um, and then I was like, oh, there's a lot of work to go with that. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But that's funny. Okay, so pigs are the next thing. Okay, yeah. um, possibly. Um, okay, so I'm obsessed with that because you did an Insta story a couple weeks ago. On, I'm obsessed with Insta stories, by the way, also. Um, but I saw, like, you were walking to your parents' house, and it was charming. Yeah. It was absolutely charming. Now, you're in Minnesota, correct? Yeah, we are. We're in Minnesota. Okay. So I'm just, we're on the south end of the Twin Cities. Okay. So it's like, it's like 30 minutes for us to be downtown. Okay. So okay. we're really not far out. Um, yeah. And then, you know. We're basically in a suburb, so we yeah. have all the conveniences. But when we moved out here in 88, when I was a kid, people were like, that is really the boonies. Oh, funny. <laughs> and now it's it's not as, yeah, the no, boonies yeah. anymore. Okay. <laughs> all right. So does your dad, is he full-time farming? Or you said hobby farm in the beginning. No, no. He was a um, home builder and land developer. So okay. Okay. by the big piece of land. Sure. And he like like retired but he works like um he does a bunch of counseling for his church just oh neat you know so he he still works a lot of hours and then he always has some sort of little investment project going on okay and what about your husband what does he do he um is the director of imaging services at a local hospital so he's like Healthcare administration. Okay, gotcha. All mm-hmm. right. Okay, so you in the beginning were home with, well, when you had your third son, you mm-hmm. moved and y'all bought uh, or you built your house um, near yeah. on your parents' land. Okay, and so tell me a little bit about that having the three under three. I mean that that would rock anybody's world. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that, and I'm like, oh, you know. So tell me what you thought about parenthood or mommyhood before you had three under three and now how you think about it well it was actually pretty hard for me still before I had three under three under three I think mm-hmm. before I had kids at all I thought like this is gonna be a stay-at-home mom's gonna be great I mean I'm just mm-hmm. gonna like go to play dates and just go like yes. just slowly like look through the aisles at Target and it'll be yes. all you know, women's Bible study during the day. Mm-hmm. And like, why would I have, a, I used to tell my husband cause his um, mom always worked. So it was kind of a thing at the beginning. Like, am I going to work? Am I not? Uh-huh. And I did work like one day a week for our family business um, until I had my third, but okay. it was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, don't you, you're going to love it. I'm going to like always have the house clean. Yes. Always have dinner ready when you get home. Mm. And, you're going to just love having a stay at home wife, you know, (laughs) not how it went. (laughs) Right. Right. And we all think that, I mean, we all think, Oh, it's, Oh, it's, it's a piece of bonbons and everything. Like it's, it's going to be fine. We can do this. We got this. Yeah. Yep. And then my first baby was, um, pretty challenging out of the gate, mostly because I had breastfeeding issues. And so he wasn't getting enough to eat. He was eating all day, basically, crying all night. Mm. Um, I ended up s- switching to pumping and then switching to formula. Um, and I've done that, I had to do that process with all of my boys, um, which is a really emotional thing. Again, with the shame mm-hmm. that I talked about before, like, mm. like breastfeeding, there's just such a, yeah, 
such a strong feeling of shame when we cannot do this thing that we've been told our bodies are made to naturally do and will just happen naturally and Mm. blah, blah, blah. So, um, so that was really hard, but when I had, so I had my second child and that's a really challenging transition. Mm. Um, and he was five months old when I found out I was pregnant again. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, my second two are 13 months apart. And so like, I honestly don't even remember pretty much anything Uh. about my second child being a baby because I was also pregnant Yeah, and very tired and sick. And, um, then the baby came and it was like, Oh, I thought I could do nothing before. Now I can really do nothing because my second child is my hardest child too. He's just like, he's very, curious and he like get he has ideas these ideas I would never think of to like protect him from Mm. and he so he was 13 months old Mm. and I had a newborn baby and basically my life when I had three under three was I couldn't leave the house like Mm -hmm. I would usually on a day where a grandma took like one of the boys for me that's when I'd like go to grocery shopping. But other than that, like I could no longer do women's Bible study. Mm. I couldn't do even go to play dates at people's houses because I couldn't physically keep my mm. one-year-old safe while caring for my newborn. Wow. And so it was really, um, a lonely time. It was really like a crying every day mm. at the end of my rope. I've reached my limit, mm. um, time. And, God used that to drive me to the desperation, like in desperation to discovering that only he can be my um, power source, that I couldn't do it on my own. And so um, like literally I was like, these children will not be alive at the end of the day by my own power. Mm. And so, it was a real stripping of what I had built around myself my whole life, which is like, I'm capable, I'm able, like I can do, um, I can do things. It's like not, I don't know, things came naturally and easily to me, like school and um, I don't know. And so it was the first time that I felt really completely unable and mm. um God showed me that I didn't have to be able, that his, that my weakness was actually the place where his power was made perfect. Um, and that when I was weak, he was strong. That's second Corinthians, um, second Corinthians 12, nine. And then it says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So the power of Christ, Christ may rest upon me. And I think I was really ashamed of my weakness for a long time. I felt like people didn't under my friends who had one, a lot only had one kid at the time, like did not understand. And it was like a shameful thing that I couldn't keep up and I couldn't do play dates. And, um, but he said no to boast in our weakness. And so I think writing on super mommy was the process of me boasting in my weakness Mm. saying, Look at how little I can do and look at how much God can do. Mm. And did you, did your friends know like why you weren't at the point when you were still like, I can't do, you know, I can't do this kind Mm -hmm. of all these thoughts in your head. Did you, um, did they know why you were turning down play dates? I mean, I think they knew, but I don't think they, I think you just, you can't 
understand my so my cousin who's like a sister to me has had had triplets um about six months after I had my youngest and she's like she she's like I watched what you went through and that's the closest thing I've seen to what I'm going through where wow. it's just like, yeah literally I without having multiples you know yeah. having yeah. multiples is like this whole other thing and I'm not right. gonna say that I've experienced anything like that she needed like uh-huh. around the clock help. oh right sure um sure. but, but But that's like the intensity of experience. And that, but I have to say that all motherhood can be that intense. Like Mm -hmm. when you, because God, it's God's powers made perfect in our weakness. And so God gives us the power we need for whatever circumstances of motherhood he gives to us. So like, even now, like you with your five-year-old or me with my seven, four and five, yeah, it's a lot easier, but I still can't do it without mm. God's strength. Mm. You know, yes. it's so whether you have one or two or seven, we all need to be completely relying on the power of God. We still yes. can't get this motherhood thing done without him. And so. that and that's really the theme of the whole book. And that's what I love about it is that it's it's not about us. You know, we yes. might think it's about us and that we're super mommy of the year. I mean, that's, you know, and super mm-hmm. mommy, the opposite of that. It's, yeah. it's, it, you know, we, we think that, and even like you said, when we first start before kids, we think we're going to be this dynamic mom. I mean, I was a teacher. I'm like, I'm going to be, it's going to be amazing. You know, I like I have all, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about all this stuff, we're going to sit down and we're going to do, you know, we're going to do letter of the day and we're going to mm-hmm. blue and we're going to glitter and we're going to, it's going to be magical. And not that those mm-hmm. magic moments don't come because they do, Yeah. but yeah. it's not about us. And I don't think mm-hmm. until you get into that, um, you know, situation as a mom and then you see, okay, that's right. It's not, it really is not about me. It is sanctifying. I mean, huge. Yeah. Um, and I love that you say on your subtitle, on your book, um, it says release expectations, embrace imperfection, and connect to God's superpower. What does that mean to you? What, what, did, what did those releasing expectations, embracing imperfection, connecting to God's power, what did that look like to you when you were in the midst of this? Um, well, it's still something I have to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'll talk oh yeah. A little bit about what it looks like for me now, yeah. practically. Yeah. Um, so it starts with identifying what the expectation is, and expectations are really start as like a good desire for something in our motherhood. Um, like there's an expectation that we have for sleep, right? And I think. Especially, this is an especially intense experience at the very beginning of motherhood because you spend nine months of your first pregnancy Mm. making a whole list of expectations for Mm. yourself, right? I mean, that's all you do. You're like constantly reading about the best sleep method, the best like breastfeeding plan, the best birth plan, the um, way you're going to feed your kids, how you're going to start like what kind of toys you're going to give to them, all of those things. We're like creating this huge laundry list of expectations for ourselves and for our babies Uh and for our husbands too. Uh And um, so those start as like good desires. And, but the problem is James one tells us um, that each person is tempted when he is lured enticed by his own desire. Then desire when it, 
is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. So our good desires actually can be the thing that creates sin in our lives. They give birth to sin. Um, and so that happens when we allow our, un, our good desires to reign unchecked by our desire for God. And we let these good desires become more important to us than what God wants to teach us, how he wants to sanctify us. Mm. Um, and so our unchecked desires become expectations and then our expectations become needs. And I love Paul Tripp calls the word need the sloppiest, most all-inclusive word in the human language. Mm. I mean, think of all the things we say we need, right? And as moms, we have an endless list of needs for our children and our husbands and ourselves. And um, when we allow those needs to become more important than God's plan for us, it results in sin. And so I identify um, an expectation when I find myself either sinning and I don't know why. Why am I doing this thing? Mm. Or when I have just like crazy rampant emotions, like, mm. like, why did this thing make me so sad? Why did mm. this thing make me so angry? Like, why did it make me, um, you know, so even so joyful when I got it? Like, what are those things? Mm. Then I go, oh, like, that's an expectation that I told myself I get that thing it'll be just as good and as satisfying as what as the satisfaction that actually only comes from Jesus mm. and so to give you a personal example of myself recently um, I found myself getting really angry every time we had to leave the house and getting really angry at my boys mm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So the, I have one in particular who's like super slow, just like mm. dawdling here, grabbing this toy, even though I've said like, mm. you know, I've like given warning, we're leaving in five minutes. Yeah. Okay, guys, now we're leaving. Go put your shoes on. Mm. Go put your coats on. And they, he just is like, do, 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 do. And I mm. found myself yelling at him mm. like every mm -hmm. day, sure. multiple times a day, when yeah. we had, especially when we had to leave the house to either take my oldest son to school because it's like, got to be on time for that. Yeah. Or when we had to go pick him up from school, don't want to be late. Mm. And so I realized, first I was like, well, okay, what are some practical ways that I can stop doing this angry yeah. thing? Like uh -huh. take some deep yoga breaths, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, have all his have his shoes and coat laid out yeah, for yeah, him, yeah. all of these different things. Yeah. Um, you know what? Those things didn't work mm -hmm. because the problem was not the circumstances. The problem was in my heart that I had let getting on time to someplace become more important to me than God. I had let that become that good desire become an expectation that we have to be on time. Um, and that being on time will make me a satisfied mom and a happy mom and make me a quote unquote good mom. Mm. And so I was yelling at them. And the only way to get rid of that was to let go of that expectation. Mm. Um, so once we identify the expectation, we can actively begin reminding ourselves how much better God is getting God is than getting what we want. And so that's the process of letting go. Um, 
And then we actually embrace our imperfect abilities. So saying like, hey, actually, I can't get my kids out of the house without yelling at them Mm. without God's help. Mm. Like none of these strategies are going to do what only God can do in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I need to draw near to him to be dependent upon his perfect ability to both save me and sustain me. So I had to accept I couldn't do it by my own power. And then what I started to do was I began taking five or 10 minutes before I knew that we needed to get ready to leave and simply praying. Mm. And that is me plugging into God's power. Yeah. During that time of prayer, I didn't pray just, I didn't pray like, God, help me to not be angry. Mm. I prayed who God is, that he's forgiving, that he's patient, that he's kind to me. And those things about who he was changed my heart Mm. and gave me the power to extend grace to my son because of the grace I was receiving. Mm. That's so good. So good. And I love how you, like, you didn't point the finger back at your child. Like it's your fault. It's your fault. It's mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're saying, God, it's my own heart. Deal with my yep. own heart before. And then I can, like you said, extend the grace to my child because right. I have received the I, grace. And then I have the, I'm in the grace and it's easier for me to teach instead of discipline, like teach mm. instead of punish. Yes. You know, when you're sitting in a place of grace, it's so much easier to teach your child because you see yourself as fellow, fellow needers and recipients of grace. And yeah. so then you give grace as you teach them because mm. he had work he needed to do too. Sure. But oh, absolutely. With me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how so, did that change his heart? Did you see a change in him? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, and I think just the ability then in a graceful place to get down and be quietly explained to them, like, this is why it's important that we get ready on time Mm. or help him move out of like his focus on this toy, not by yelling, but by saying like, Hey, you can put that down and you can come back to it as soon as your coat and shoes are on. Like, Mm. but you know, then it's able, then you're able to implement the practical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way that actually touches their heart and, and to ask for forgiveness for all of the times that I yelled at him. Right. And that like, honestly, mostly it doesn't happen right now. It's almost a non-issue when it was like an everyday, multiple times a day issue. So thank you God for sanctification in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are still moments. Oh, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) And then to be just quick to say, I did not give you grace will you please give me grace for that? Mm. Like to ask for forgiveness and to say that mommy is working on it with Jesus. Like this isn't something that it, we're just going to gloss over. Right. You know? Right. Well, and I love that, that you're modeling that in front of your child also. I mean, you're God's right. dealing with your heart, but you're also modeling that, um, you know, grace so that he yeah. can what see. What better gift can we give our children than to be uh. honest about the way God is sanctifying us? Cause that makes God look really good. You know, he's not like a, just a system of rules that they have to follow, but like someone who can actually save you from the things that you don't like about yourself. You know, I love this, just the thought of that. Just so good. It's just, and so gracious of God, you know, to have that grace for us, but then to be patient with us as we're showing that grace to our kids. That's just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So it's actually better for our kids to see that we're not perfect. I think Mm -hmm. we think we have to be perfect. Yes. That's part of the super mommy thing is like, 
well, if I do everything perfectly, then my kids will do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Look, we're all sinners. Nobody's going to do anything perfectly. And yeah. so being able to model what it looks like when you aren't imperfect is such a gift to your children. Mm-hmm. And I love that you you touched on that a lot in your book. And, and I, I love that you didn't just talk about being, um, you know, a uh, uh, unsuper mommy or, or super mommy and rushing in to save the day. But also it talked about, you talked a little bit about marriage and about your husband and how you, how motherhood kind of changed your relationship. And I mm-hmm. read, um, earlier I was, I was looking at your book and I have a lot of dog ears on your mm-hmm. book. I have a lot of my colored pens, whichever color pen I have pink, green, orange, blue, <laughs> whenever day I was reading it and um, just taking notes. And uh, I, I read on page 118 where um, you were talking about how um, on the chapter called Releasing Expectations for a Super Daddy and how we have expectations of how our husbands are supposed to be kind of go back to when you had right after you had your first child and how your relationship with your husband um, just started to struggle a little bit because of the expectations that you had of him or that he had of you or uh, vice versa. What? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think that, you know, I had spent nine months creating expectations for myself, but also nine months creating expectations for my husband and probably not a great job of communicating what they were or making sure that we were on the same page. Cause I think it's easy for us as women to like read all this stuff and our husbands don't read it. So then we think we're like the right one. Yeah. You know, yeah. we read all this. We're the experts. The right way right? of doing it. Yes. Um, because we've read the stuff and they don't take the time to read the stuff. Yeah, so exactly. totally they need to do what we think yeah, should be done. Definitely. Um, but yeah. that's not what God created no. marriage for. Yeah. And I think that, uh, having children has, has the oppor- is the opportunity to draw so much closer to each other because you both suddenly have a lot of needs. Um, like I was giving so much to my child that I felt like I was drowning, but I didn't real I didn't I just focused on myself instead of noticing that my husband was also kind of drowning next to me, that he was also going through the biggest transition of his life. Mm. And all I can think of was you need to be here for me because mm. this motherhood thing is insane and you don't know what it's like because you get to go to work. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But it's just as an even though it's like um depending upon your circumstances, you may be more uh, spending more hours physically caring for the baby than your husband does, it doesn't mean that it's not as life-changing uh, for him. And yeah. so instead of putting up, anytime we start comparing our lives as moms to our husband's life as a dad, we're like building a wall between us instead mm. of coming together in relationship and saying like, this is really hard. How can we cling to and support each other? Like, how can I serve you today? instead of looking to be served. Mm. Um, so I, at the beginning, I was just looking at like, how, how can you serve me today? Um, instead of how I could serve him. And, you know, I think we have to be really careful as marriage be- or when we talk about marriage, because I'm not saying that the husband doesn't need to make changes. He does mm-hmm. and he will, and it might be a process, but I am saying that 
you look at your own changes that you need to make first and that you have to entrust the things that you may see that may look like this glaring thing in your husband's life that you want to fix and force him to change. You have to entrust that to God. Like God is responsible for the sanctification of your husband, just as he is responsible for your sanctification. And that doesn't mean that we don't ever come um, humbly to our husband and say, like, I see this thing. And what do you think about it? Like, how do you think you could grow there or that kind of thing? But it doesn't, but we don't force the issue. Like we can point something out once and then we have to let God Mm. work in his heart. Mm -hmm. And I really struggled because I wanted to control it. I wanted him to look like the dad I had planned for him to be. Um, But it was only in God's timing, which actually happened six weeks after my second son was born. So I had a a two-year-old and a six-week-old. My husband went on a trip overseas with his master's program for 10 days, 10, mm. 11 days. Wow. You know, to Europe, which is like yeah, getting... What? How, how much <laughs> higher could the comparison get, yeah. right? I'm at home with a two-year-old and a newborn, and uh-huh. he's like gallivanting around the world. Yeah, in Europe. <laughs> oh, man. And wow. God, God really used that to break me down. I mean, I felt so broken while he was gone and desperate. And the only thing I could do was pray that God would change uh, both of our hearts. Mm. And I couldn't like, we, we could hardly even talk and Mm. I felt really distant and lonely and God used that to draw me close to him. And then to encourage me to be in prayer for my husband. And he came back and I'm like, we have all these things we need to work on. We're in like the worst point, blah, blah, blah. And he came back. God had completely changed his heart while he was gone. Mm-hmm. And he came back with a whole plan for how he wanted things to change in our marriage. Wow. And and in his, and in our parenthood together as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and God did that. He didn't need me for that. He mm-hmm. did that when I couldn't even be a part of it. You know, Mm. Um, so God really will be faithful to sanctify our husbands. We need to entrust him to do it in his timing, not ours. And in the meantime, think of how we can be growing closer to God ourselves and serving our husbands. And I love that you were taking that time when he was when he was apart from you, away from you for Mm -hmm. 10 days on that trip that you were taking the time to pray for him. Yeah. And that God used your brokenness to, you know, spur you on to pray for him. And, and I think it change. was the first time I had ever really prayed for my husband. Mm-hmm. And it taught me how important that practice is. Yeah. Um, both for how God's going to work in his life, but also for my own humility. You know, mm-hmm. prayer, praying for our husbands um, should be an act of humility. Not like, these are God, these are these things you need to change for him. But mm-hmm. like... Man, if I can't meet all my expectations, why why would he be able to eat, meet all my expectations? Mm, oh, mm. God, please be his source of power, you know, yes. instead of him relying upon himself. Yeah. And then I think also just trusting God that, like, he gave us, he gave our kids two parents for a reason. Like, mm. it's good that our husbands do not do things the same way we would do them. Yes. It, it like he chose us as moms and he chose he chose our husbands to be our kids' dad and 
it is such a blessing to them to get both experiences. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like we wanted it to look, um, God is sovereign over that. And God um, knew what our husband's personality would bring to the table. And there are ways that my husband parents that are just like far superior to mine. Mm. Now I can step back and see that. Right. But I can't parent those ways either. So like he doesn't expect me to parent the way he can parent and I don't expect him to parent the way that I can you know Mm -hmm. yeah and uh I wasn't going to ask you about this but then I just when you were talking about your husband and and expectations and uh and relationship and um recently on Instagram you said something about um being physically intimate and how important that is Mm -hmm. so and I loved it because it was so real and it was so like, girls, we need, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So find time to be intimate with your husband. If it's in the morning or if it's in the, I remember you said afternoon or before yeah. you go on a date and making date night intentional. And I love that. I mean, I just love that this goes so much deeper than just being, um, uh, instead of our relationship with just with our kids, it's also our relationship with our husband because he is in yeah. this with us. We are both parents of these kids. Um, so I just love that. I love the realness mm-hmm. of that and just that it was something that was on your heart that you needed to share. Yeah. You know, when my husband came back from that trips, one of the things that he, that trip, one of the things he said was, I need to have date night. We need to have date night. Mm. That, that, well, and, you know, that would have been something I would have been like, I can't even imagine praying for Wes to oh. like, initiate date night. Right. You know, right. it would have, it's one of those answers to prayer that I wouldn't, I didn't even go that far, mm. but he was like, I need to have date night. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know some women hear that and they're like, my husband would never hear that. But let me say, like, we had to hit the bottom before that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just, that it's just, he's a magical husband or something. (laughs) And then he really felt that I think like the calling from the Lord is like this, we need to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that really helps with the physical intimacy piece because we aren't just being co-laborers, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it can be really easy as parents. We're just standing there parenting next to each other and we're just surviving the whole thing. Mm -hmm. We are actually creating relationship between us that has nothing to do with our children it's not like oh no we don't ever talk about our kids on date night but we just go out and have fun together we do activities together we remember why we wanted to be married to each other yeah why we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together and Mm. it is so much easier as a woman to then be excited about the physical intimacy when we're having these moments of bonding with our husband so Mm, it's good I could talk to you for days, but we do not have time. We are running out of time already. But thank you so much for telling us. I have some questions at the end, but before I do, where can people find you if they want to know a little bit more or a lot more about being an unsuper mommy and, and just asking God to show them to let go of their expectations, to embrace that imperfection, to connect to the superpower of God. Where mm-hmm. can they find you? Where can they find your book? Tell us about it. Um, so my website's on supermommy.com, but honestly, that's 
just kind of home base for me. I don't like blog a ton there. Most of my writing either, most of my writing either ends up on Instagram, which is Mm -hmm. at unsupermommy. Um, and my Instagram posts also go to my Facebook, which is unsupermommy. Um, but I, then my other writing ends up like other websites around the internet um, so if you want to make sure you don't miss anything from me, then sign up for my newsletter because okay. I always let you know I was on this podcast. I did this article, these, those kinds of things. Um, okay. and then they can buy on super mommy at Christian book, at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And then it's, you know, sometimes you can happen across it in a Christian bookstore. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. Um, yeah. but if you want to find it, then online is the best place. Perfect. I think I got mine at Christian book. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. They, they have. A, I think they may have the cheapest price online at Christian Book. Okay. And, but then you get the free shipping as long as you spend twenty five dollars. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah. If you're buying yeah. multiple books, that's definitely the place to do it at. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of power and a lot of wisdom in this little book, and it mm-hmm. is you. just it, it's it's just been such a delight to read and very thought provoking and and. Um, taking, you know, taking a lot of it to heart. So thank you for writing it. I know we can touch on this just a a little bit before we, um, we finish, but it, you didn't want to write the book. Right. (laughs) Why didn't you want to write it? Well, why would I want to write it when I have a six month old, an 18 month old and a three and a half year old? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I don't have time for those. Right? Yeah, I was like, I don't have time for this. I literally, I wasn't blogging at all at the time. Like I had literally zero platform when I started writing it. Um, and it was like, but I just was like, no, I'm looking around. I'm like, nobody's talking about this expectations thing. Mm. And it was such a, such a like eye opener for me to realize how, cause when I became a mom, I was like, why am I angry? Why am I jealous? Like, why yes. am I prideful here? Like all of these things. I was like, why is this happening to me? And it was like, oh, because I do what I do because I want what I want. So that's a biblical counseling principle that I learned from my parents. And it was like that understanding how our expectations um, impact our actions and how we need to change our expectations at the heart level was just so perspective shifting for me I was like somebody needs to be talking about this yeah. and so I'm like looking online looking online nobody's talking about it mm. um you know in in application to motherhood sure. like people like Paul Tripp and Ed Welch that's that's their thing mm-hmm. go read those people yeah this is how it applies to motherhood yeah. um or at so least good. Fitzpatrick is another great one but Mm, yes yes yeah so I really want and I saw that most of the motherhood books were really about parenting not about what happens inside of a mom's heart Mm. and so I wanted to get at the issues because this is unsuper mommy is not a parenting book Mm -hmm. I don't have any good advice about (laughs) (laughs) no but it is it's about what happens when it goes wrong (laughs) yeah well and it's the heart of a mom it's the heart Mm -hmm. you know it's what's going on in our heart and why yeah. all these things, like you said, are coming up. And and, and so I was like, I'm just going to self-publish this book. I'll just, mm. this is like minimum level of obedience possible. Kind of. <laughs> okay, God, I hear you. I uh-huh. hear you. Uh-huh. I'm going to obey, but I'm just going to self-publish it. Uh-huh. I'll give it to my friends, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I know how much work it is to get published somewhere. Mm. And 
then when my husband kept pushing me to pursue traditional publishing and one day I finally was like, well, I guess I haven't even prayed about it. So I prayed about it and I just said, well, God, you're going to have to just bring a publisher to me if you want it traditionally published, which is like, I mean, that doesn't happen. Yeah. That's you know, a big deal. The next day, the next day mm. I got a message, a Facebook message from um, a man who was my teacher growing up at a Christian school who worked at a Christian publisher who wow. was interested in it. So wow. that's, I'm like, I'm like, I did nothing to get this published. Mm. And um, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity that God's created for it and that it, his plan for it was bigger than my plan for it. And yeah. he gets the glory for that. Nothing that I did. You know, uh. I literally could not have done that without him. So, mm. well, yeah. I'm thrilled and I'm thrilled that he reached out to you. The, the uh, yeah. teacher at the publisher um, reached out to you because I think every mom needs this in their hands. I do. I feel that. Thank you. So thank you. thank you so much for writing it. And thank you for coming on the podcast. We've got some fun questions for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So tell me, what are you eating? What are you reading? And what are you loving these days? Okay. Well, I've got two things. I'll show you since I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. Kombucha. Okay. Are you a kombucha drinker? It's no. I, I I don't think I've tried it. I'm scared <gasps> to try it. Is it go okay? Is it good? I was afraid to try it too. Okay. I would start with GT's Synergy. That's a different brand than this one. That one's like a little bit sweeter. Okay. Um I actually was like looking at them at Target one day and someone walked by and was like, "Do you want to can I answer any questions for you about this? I'm like, I'm just scared to buy one because I don't know what they taste like. And they were like, let's just open one. You can have a sample. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, okay. At Target? So I'd be like, wait, I need a sample Target. of that ice cream too. Can you, I, I, I really they, need to taste that. <laughs> they probably would do that for you, I feel like, actually. Wow. Okay. So you tried it and it was okay. So I tried it and I was like, ooh, that's uh, weird. Uh -huh. And then I was like, you know, walking around and I was like, actually, that's really good. Mm. <laughs> so it's one of those things that's like, okay. you have to acquire the taste a little bit, All but right. it comes quickly, I think. Okay. And it's like, I don't drink pop or anything. So okay. it's a really great and I don't drink coffee it's like very minimal either. caffeine because yeah. I can't handle caffeine Me too. Me too. I have my tea in the morning and then I drink like half a kombucha in the afternoon that's okay. my little afternoon pick me up okay but it doesn't and have caffeine right kombucha it's well it's made little. from tea it's fermented oh, okay. tea so okay. there is like a minimal amount of okay. caffeine in okay it. but not gotcha. like I get like shaky if I have like yeah. a half calf espresso or something yeah. it's I can't that. feel it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. Okay, so, you love it. kombucha. Okay. And then the other thing is, have you heard of dessert hummus? <laughs> no. Dessert <laughs> so, hummus? What? They have it at Target now, at least our Target. Sometimes, do you know Target is based in Minnesota? So sometimes we're Sometimes we're like ahead of the curve. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, but I, they also have it at Hy-Vee. Um, but yeah, it's like chocolate hummus. It's not like sweet, sweet, like chocolate is, okay. but it's like, it kind of feels a like bit. a treat, but okay. also kind of healthy. But kind of healthy. Okay. I've like never with heard some of pretzels. That. Yep. Okay. With some pretzels. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yum. So those are my snacks. Okay. Those are your snacks. What are you reading? Um, so parenting by Paul Tripp, which 
I have it. I haven't it's read so it. It's so good. Okay. And now, like, I've been the slowest about reading this because I'll be like working on something for writing. I'll end up reading something to go with it. And so I've been really okay. slow. Okay. But one of the things, like, when I wrote on Super Mommy, I was like, I want to apply like Paul Tripp's concepts to motherhood. And yeah. now that I read this parenting, I'm like, it's so similar to Unsuper Mommy. Uh. It's so, <laughs> like, it, and I'm like, oh, I love that. Oh. Um, but, but he's, but of course it's, mm. I mean, uh. for, like he got, he gets like, I mine's about motherhood. His yeah. is really about parenting. About parenting. And so okay. Okay. I really like that one. And okay. so far. And then, um, I am really a big fiction reader. Okay. But I have to be careful when I have like a big writing project because I'll just like neglect all of my writing to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I did, I do listen to things sometimes on Audible. And so I recently listened to, well, I'm right now I'm listening to What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. Yeah. And um, I'm having a hard time getting into it. I don't know. I've read. I've, I've heard so many ones by her. Yeah, I've heard uh, so many things about lies. that novel. I don't know why. I've just heard a lot. And of I'm things. like, I've maybe I need it. to get into it a little bit further. Okay. I think maybe okay. I need and to go see. a little bit longer. Okay. Um, because it's about a woman who has like, like she hits her head. She has amnesia. She can't remember the last ten years <gasps> oh, of her life, okay. and she's so confused by how it's changed. And right now she's oh. like still in the hospital. I'm like, oh. I need some action yeah. to start going. <laughs> Let's get something. Get something with the yeah. story. <laughs> Okay, maybe it'll pick up. I hear great things about it, so maybe it'll pick yeah. up. Yeah, okay. and I really enjoyed, I've read, I think, I've read two other Liam Moriarty's and really okay. enjoyed both of them. Okay, so. okay. All right. Yep. Okay, what are you loving? Um, I love, funny, both of the things I was thinking of are kind of related to things I've already said, but okay. I love At Night, and I learned this um from Jill Tagway, do you know who that is? No. Her she's like at Golden Graphite, I think. Okay. For her Instagram. So great. Um she's more of like a lifestyle, but like a good mix of like lifestyle Instagramming with like God's truth. Oh, good. Um but mint so do you just like want to have a snack at night while you're yes. with yes. Like All the time. Bed? Yes. I know. And yes, it's like, you know, this is like the most unhealthy thing yes. you can do in the world. After 8 p.m., you're not supposed to eat anything. Yes. Yeah. So, mint tea mm. with almond. I use almond milk as my okay. sweetener. And it almost tastes like you're having dessert. It sounds like it. Mint. It's, it's like, like a mint chocolate A little chip. sweet. Okay. Like finishes, yeah. Mm. Like finishes, fills up the tummy a little more right before bed. Yeah. It's like really calming. Mm. So good. Okay. So That's good. a good thing. Mm -hmm. Just kind of have some. Yep. Okay. And then the other thing is Target Drive Up. Do you guys have Target Drive Up? We do. Well, we have Kroger, which is our our um, mm -hmm. grocery. We have Click List. Yeah. But yeah. Drive Up, it's the new thing, right? So Target Drive Up is totally free. It can be one item. One <gasps> item. So like, oh my gosh, my kid has a fever. I just need Gatorade and yeah. like ibuprofen or something. You yeah. just drive up. They bring it to your car. That's no cost. It's uh, amazing. And what amazing. I've started doing is I like planning. Some people hate meal uh, planning, but I've been no, meal I like planning. It. Okay. So I, I like meal planning and I, you, I was doing this like weekly, but now I'm, I started doing a whole month of meal planning and then writing my whole pantry list down nice. and ordering it all through target drive up. Yes. 
a whole month's worth of worth of pantry stuff. Mm. And then I park my car and I go in and get my because they don't do produce frozen or dairy, like okay. anything that would have to be cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they do like all of their pantry items plus all of their other you know, mm. other good stuff that they have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you say, but, can you go pick out me a, a sweater real quick? I just need a cream sweater real quick. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. I like, and I also do my kids Christmas shopping that way because yes. it comes in a bag. They like, they are with me, but they don't see that I'm literally getting their Christmas. That is the <laughs> best ever. So I'm a big wow. fan okay. of Target Drive-Up. I like yeah. it. Target Drive-Up. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to try it. I heard about yep. it, but I didn't know. I've got to have to check and see if it's in our area. But that is mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Game changer. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Mm, you're welcome. It's oh, been great to be goodness. here. It was great. And I have enjoyed every minute and I've enjoyed your book and I've enjoyed getting to know you and following you on Instagram. So where can people find you? On social media. Uh, at Unsupermommy for okay. everything. For everything. Yep. I love it. Yep. Great. You got it. Good. Thanks so much, Maggie. Thanks for having me, Ren. That was fun. I had such a good time with Maggie. And I loved when she talked about how God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And how God gives us the power we need for whatever circumstances of motherhood He gives to us. Or I would say whatever circumstances of life He gives to us friends, there is hope. God gives us the power we need for whatever you are walking through today. And that's just so encouraging. I hope you're encouraged by this episode with Maggie. Go follow her on Instagram at unsupermommy and go grab her book from Amazon. You will love it. Really, really good. Connecting over on Instagram is super easy. I'm at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love to see you over there. And if you could hop on over to iTunes and leave the rating and review for the podcast, I would be so very grateful. Remember, we're all Friends of a Feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Thank you.